We are in part two of the series, What If? And we've kind of been talking about worry and fear and all the what if situations that we have in our life. There's so many different scenarios that can unfold in so many different ways tonight for so many of you guys. And that can bring a lot of fear. We love control as humans. But the truth is we really don't have that much control. And that can give us a lot of fear. That can keep us up at night. Some of you guys are going through things right now in your life that wake you up in the middle of the night and keep you up, that rob you of your peace and your joy. And in this series, we looked at last, uh, two weeks ago actually, what Jesus had to say about fear and worry. And I hope that it helped a lot of you guys because basically what he told us is that it's a waste of our time, that it doesn't change anything, and that we need to trust in him. And trust is so important. And that's a little bit where we're going to be going into tonight a little bit deeper. Um, two years ago, I was in my car and I was driving and I was kind of sitting like this. You know, if you, maybe your parents do sometimes, but I was leaning forward a little bit so my back wasn't up against the seat. So I'm driving and it's a beautiful summer day. It's like 80 degrees. I got my windows down. I'm driving to my parents to pick something up at their house. Uh, I lean back as I'm about to make a left turn and I feel this really sharp pinch in my back. And I'm like, what in the world is that? That hurt really bad. And I turn around, and there is this giant green hornet on the back of my seat. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about um, hornets, but when they sting you, they don't die. Normally, bees, when they sting you, they die. So now I am making a left turn while trying to kill this hornet. It's like as I turned around, it saw me, and I saw it, and like it was about to be a war in the car right then and there. And so I'm like swatting at it. I'm trying to get this thing out of the car. I'm freaking out. And so finally, I'm, I like swat it out a little bit. It goes out the window, and now it starts to like really really hurt. I'm like, man, this hurts way worse than a normal bee sting. And so I go to my parents and I kind of tell my mom, I'm like, mom, is, is the stinger still in my back? And she's like, oh, don't be a baby. It's not that bad. Just a little bee sting. And I'm like, all right, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. There's no stinger in it. Just uh, get your stuff and go. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I go to the bathroom right before I'm going to leave. And I, and I got this itch on the back of my leg. And I'm like, what is that? Why is my leg itching now? That's so weird. And I go and tell my mom, I'm like, my, egg, my, my leg is itching now, and she goes, she goes, what did I say, my egg? Yeah, my leg is itching, and she tells me, why don't you just go for a quick swim in the pool? You'll be fine. It's not a big deal, and I'm like, all right. Luckily, my sister was right there, and she was realizing, she was looking it up, that I was actually having an allergic reaction to the bee sting, and my mom is telling me to go swim in the pool right now. So a couple of seconds pass, and my whole body is covered in hives from head to toe. And now I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. My sister's like, mom, what is wheezing? with you? You could have died. And at that moment, I start wheezing. Like, I'm about to die, people. Like, this is going down right now. And my mom would have had me swimming in the pool. Like, I'd have been like a dead body in the pool, floating. And so my mom rushes me in the car. She's crying now because she's so upset because she almost killed me. And I'm like joking. She's like, you could have died. I'm like, I still might die, mom. You don't know. And I'm like trying to keep the situation light. We get to the emergency room and there's a couple people online in front of us. And uh, I told them, um, you know, what was going on. I'm like, oh my gosh, you look hideous. Like what had happened is the hive turned into one big hive. And like, that's a big deal for people to let you go ahead of them in the emergency room. And so they let me in, they took me in, they got me the meds that I need. But man, I trusted my mom in that situation and she totally let me down. And trust is so important. And I think sometimes you and I feel like we might not be able to trust God fully, right? Can he really handle 
all of my worries today? Are the things that wake me up at night really on his mind? Are these things too insignificant for him? You know, he's in control of the whole world. Does he really care about what's going on in my life today? What's stressing me out? And what's making me feel really worried today? See, some of you guys are in the middle of some really tough situations tonight. Some of you guys, your parents are in the middle of a divorce and they're just fighting all the time. And you're wondering tonight, can God handle this situation? Can he handle all the what-ifs that are running through my mind right now? Because you're really terrified. You don't know what your future is going to look like because of the situation that you're going through. Some of you guys just feel like a failure tonight. You feel like that you just messed up so much in your life that school isn't working out. You're stressed out from school. You feel like you can't get grades that are good enough no matter how hard you work. And so there's a lot of what-ifs about your future that hang over your mind right now. Some of you guys are in a sin tonight and you just know that it's taking you a bad, to a bad place and you just feel like you're not gonna be able to beat this and worry is taking over. Maybe for some of you guys, someone you love is sick tonight and you don't know what's gonna happen. You're not sure if God really cares because they've been suffering for a really long time. See, all these what-ifs can really torment us. They can bring a lot of pain into our life. They can steal the joy that God wants us to have. So can God really be trusted with all these things? See, some of you guys have some really big fears tonight and some really small ones. Whatever it is, they can still have great power. And some of them are rational. And like we said in the first week, I really believe that most of the things that we worry about and have all these what-if moments with are things that probably will never happen. But there are probably a small amount of things that we are worrying about tonight that could actually happen, that could actually come true for us. And that's a scary thought. But my hope is to give some of you guys something to hold on to tonight, if that's you, whether your fear is irrational or not. And like I told you guys in the first week of that, a lot of my fears can be irrational sometimes. And I hope that you guys can relate to this one. When I was younger, I had this fear that whenever I jumped into a, a pool, there was going to be a shark in it. Now, I had this fear when I was like 11 years old, so it's, it's not really okay. And I could see into the water, and, and this is what I would see in my mind when the worry would start to speak to me. I should have a picture up here. If not, that's okay. Um, but I would literally picture a shark being in the water every time I jumped in a pool. And I could see in the water, and I knew there was no shark, but still something in me was so worried that I thought that there was going to be a shark in the water. And so I would jump in. And this is kind of a big deal for me because that's kind of how I showered when I was in middle school. I like to go in the pool to shower. I, I know, I'm pretty weird. But that's how I do it. And that's the my daily shower. I'd jump in the pool and I'd run out as soon as I could. And that was totally irrational. And there was nothing behind that. But to me, it was so real. And whether your fear is something completely irrational tonight or it's something really uh, real, God cares about it tonight. And I hope to show you guys how much he truly cares about all the things in your life. And what's really cool about this is that this is a church-wide series for us right now. And we didn't even plan this. Doug was talking about this um, on Sunday. But God had totally synced me, him, and Kelly up talking about fear and worry. And the reason why we believe that God synced us up like that is because God wants to speak to you guys tonight. So many Christians are so trapped and paralyzed by fear and worry. They're so scared about how things could work out in their life. And God wants you guys to be free from this tonight. He doesn't want you to keep giving into this and keep letting this control your life and rob you of your peace. God, someone said this about fear, and I thought this was really powerful. 
Worry is momentary atheism. Worry is momentary atheism. In those moments when we give in to worry and fear, it's like we're saying there's no God because we're living like it in that moment. We're saying that this problem is too big and we're forgetting that there's a God who is for us. So what could possibly be against us tonight? We've forgotten all of the promises in the Bible. It's like we really don't believe in him when we give in to those fears. I want you guys to picture this. It's like if someone in school came up to you and said that they wanted to fight you. Let's say it's the biggest, toughest, scariest kid in school, and they want to fight you the next day. That would be kind of scary. That, That would put some scenarios into your mind of how bad that could go, right? But what if, and, and this is completely ridiculous, but go with my analogy here. What if Superman was like, all right, I got your back in this fight right now. That I'm going to have your side in this fight. Do you feel like you'd be worried? I know that I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be scared at all. And now if Superman makes you feel okay in that fight, why do these other worries torment us when we have a God? who is all-powerful on our side tonight, who is completely for us in every way, who loves you, who says that you're the apple of his eye. Why do we let these things torment us so deeply? Because in those moments, we're living like there is no God. We've forgotten that he is completely for us. And I think this is something that breaks our trust and is a big problem for a lot of us in the room tonight, is that sin Uh, makes us worry more, and it breaks our trust in God sometimes. Because we feel like when we sin, that God can't um, in any way be for us. He has to be against us, because we're so messed up, because we're so screwed up. There's no way that God is going to care about me this time. There's no way he's going to come through for me in this scenario that I'm going through now. And so sin creates a wedge in our trust with God. And God is still for us. It's us doing that in that moment, guys. So some of you guys are having these struggles with sin and it's creating, it's growing that problem of worry in your life because you're giving into that sin and you're giving the enemy a foothold to throw more worry, to throw more fear in. And some of you guys are getting killed in that way and the enemy would love to do that to so many of you guys, especially those of you guys that already have a weakness towards this. He knows what it is, and he's going to turn up the heat. And he knows if you're in a, in a habit of sin right now, that that door is wide open for him to keep whispering some lies into you. Some of you guys hear a new lie every day about something you should worry and fear about. It's because you've opened up the door in some ways in your life, and you need to close that door tonight. Because the more you give in to sin in your life, the more the enemy's going to be able to whisper those lies in your life, and you're not going to be able to see truth in those moments. Worry shifts the focus of our attention from God's power to our human insufficiency. See, the reason why we worry and we, and we go nuts sometimes is because we really can't do anything about some of these problems. I can't do anything about the person who's sick in my life. I can't. I'm just a human. But when we worry, we rob God's power. It's like we're saying, God, you can't do anything about this. And tonight, what, different, what I want to do differently than we did in the first week is give you guys a story of someone in Scripture who had a million reasons to worry, who had a million reasons not to trust in God in this moment, but they chose to anyway. 
See, I think it's easy sometimes for a speaker to come on the stage and tell you guys all the reasons to worry. But when you are by yourself in those moments, you try everything that you can to break free, but it seems like you just can't. And I think if tonight, if I could show you guys a story of someone who's in the middle of it, it would show you that you're not alone, that there have been a lot of people who have gone through this in scripture, people who are close to God and still had to go through these really tough moments in their life. You know, the thing that God wants most from us is to trust in him. See, I feel like I can make a good argument that that has been one of God's major themes from the beginning of time. You have Adam and Eve in the garden, right? What does he tell them? Trust me, don't eat from that tree. What do they do? They don't trust him and they eat from the tree anyway. It's always been, can you believe in me? Can you trust? Can you put your faith in me that what I'm saying is true and right and good? And we always struggle with that, right? We always feel like our way is right. And God just wants us to trust so bad, to believe that he really is for us. And that is the great struggle that so many of us have. And sometimes, guys, and and this is a hard thing, but I want you guys to get this. Sometimes God will let us go through hard things just so he can show us that he's trustworthy in those times, that if we cling to him, he will get us through those hard things that we are currently in because he knows it will produce a confidence in him that is like nothing else. And he wants that. He wants us to have a deep confidence in him. And so sometimes he'll let us go through tough things. Maybe that's you tonight. You're going through a tough thing and you're saying there's no way that God is good. I hear everything you're saying. Joey, but it just seems like it can't be true. If you trust in God, he will not fail you. He will not let you down. I think our perspective is like this a lot. I want you to think about a little child, maybe four years old, getting a shot. I hated getting shots. I would scream. I would run on the table. I would do whatever I could to get away from that because I hated that pain. And kids don't get why their parents take them to the doctor at that young age. They don't understand that it's for their good. And the parent looks really cruel in that moment. And sometimes I think we look at God when he lets us go through something hard. And I think he's trying to tell us, I'm letting you go through this, but I'm with you right now. Just trust me that I know what I'm doing. This is going to be for your good in the end if you will just cling to me in this hard time that you're currently going through. So sometimes I think we're just like little children who don't understand God's ways fully. And that is kind of truth. His ways are beyond our ways, but he is always for your good, guys. And so here's what's at stake. You really only have two choices. You could go back to fearing tonight, or you could choose to trust in God. Someone said this about fear. Worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. So you could choose fear and worry tonight. And you could stay in that rocking chair of worry, and it's not going to get you anywhere. You're going to let those thoughts eat you up inside, tear you apart. Or you can make the really brave choice tonight to trust God, to cling to him tonight. And it will produce something so awesome that we're going to look at in just a couple of seconds now. And so we're going to be in Genesis chapter 22. This is the story of Abraham. And I'll start right here in verse one. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Morah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains 
I will tell you about. So here's what I need you guys to do. I need you to forget in verse one that it says that God was testing Abraham. But here's what you do need to know is what this must have been like for Abraham in that moment, that God was asking him to do this. Now, you need to understand that Abraham had waited 100 years for Isaac, his son. Him and his wife were not able to have children, and they waited, and they waited for a really long time. And here's what I know for sure, is that he probably had some nights where the enemy came in and whispered to him, that God's not gonna come through on this promise. That you are never going to have a child. It's not gonna work out. It's been so long. You are way too old at this point in your life to have a child. I'm sure that it was a really tough time. But Abraham chose, not always perfectly, but to trust in God through that. And now he finally has this gift that he waited for for so long. And now God wants to take it away? Man, that that, that seems crazy. I I don't know how Abraham was able to fight through all of that. Because I know that this is probably one of the moments where I would have started kicking and screaming. Where I would have gotten really upset with God. God, how could you take this away from me? God, I waited so long and you promised it and now you're going to take it away? I feel like that would have broken my trust in some ways. And I feel like when we go through hard times, we feel like that breaks our trust with God because he let us go through that. But we're gonna see what Abraham chooses to do through this time. Verse three, let's see what his move is after hearing that from God. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Abraham doesn't even question God. He trusts him fully in this moment, even though his son is going to be taken away from him. What I want you guys to think about now is something that you value so much in your life, something that you treasure deepest tonight. Well, how would you act towards God tonight if he asked you to get rid of that thing or that thing was going to be taken away from you? Do you think tonight that you'd be able to fully trust God or do you feel like you'd be filled with fear and worry and a million what ifs in that moment? See, I'm working towards this if I'm honest with you guys tonight. This is a, a process for me that God has taken me on. And I know, I think if most of us were honest, we'd be right there. We'd be saying, man, I don't know how I would react to this. I don't know how I would deal with all of this. But Abraham gets up the next morning and he goes out to do this. And I wonder if over those 100 years, something happened of waiting for his son Isaac, if something happened in Abraham, if something was developed in him, I think that there had to be. He had to have a trust in God like never before because he went through that waiting of 100 years. And God did come through, but it didn't happen on his timing. It happened on God's timing. And so often the things in our lives that we're worrying about and we're stressing about, just are going to happen on God's timing, not our timing. And because we don't have them happen the way we want them to, we think that God has failed us. But God's saying, I'm just letting it happen on my timing tonight, not your timing. It's going to unfold when I say it to unfold. That doesn't mean the promise isn't coming. See, some of you guys 
have some great promises tonight from God. And just because they haven't happened yet doesn't mean that they won't happen. They'll happen on his timing, not when you think that they should unfold. And I think because Abraham went through that, this whole situation was a little bit easier for him. See, God had developed something in Abraham. And God and Abraham knew that God was for his good no matter what. Whether his son was going to die, he knew that somehow God was going to work all of this out. Man, I wish and I'm praying that God would continue to work that in me. Let's go to this next verse. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Man, Abraham is really in the middle of this and he's gonna go through with it 100%. He tells his servants to stay here. Me and my son are going up here to make a sacrifice. Could you imagine what those three days must have been like? I hate waiting in any form. And I just must imagine what the enemy was doing to Abraham in those moments. I know he must have been whispering so many lies that God is not good. How could you kill your only son that you love so much in this world? What kind of person would you be if you did this? So many fears and what ifs running through Abraham's mind at this point. Let's go to verse six. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. See, Isaac is starting to catch on that something a little bit weird is going on here. He's going, Dad, where's the sacrifice for this offering that we're about to make to God? I think he was catching on that something funny was happening. And so Isaac had to trust his dad in this moment. His dad is pretty old at this point. Isaac is about uh, in his later teens, so 17 years, um, some scholars believe at this point. And so he's probably stronger than his dad. And we're going to see his faith tested and his trust tested in his dad in this moment. Will he listen to his dad? Will he believe his dad in these moments? See, his faith was tested in these moments too because he could have surely broken away from Abraham's grasp if this is really what's going to go on. But I believe that Isaac loved his dad. He trusted his dad 100% that his dad was for his good. So let's see what happens in the next verse. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound, he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. The more imminent the danger, the more welcome the deliverance is, right? Sometimes God lets us wait till that very last moment where it seems like all hope is gone and then he comes through. 
in that moment. That's exactly what he does. And Abraham, he's going through with this. A knife is about to go through his son. Like that's how much he trusted God. That much, that's how much he knew that God was good. And God stops it at the last moment. Why? Because God is a good God. Because God would never want something like this to happen. I don't want you guys to misunderstand this story and think that um, at any point God wanted Isaac to be killed. That, that, that was never it. This was always a test. At no point was Isaac ever to be killed. God was never going to let that happen. So now it was all about Abraham and could he trust God? Did he love God? Did he value God enough in that moment to trust him no matter what he said? And he did. He did. With his most valued possession, he looked to God and trusted him. Man, that is unwavering trust. So many of us are so far from that tonight. And God knows that. And all he's asking is for us to want more. To say, God, I want to trust you with everything I have. And I know I'm not there yet. I know that there are still worries that come in the night that really scare me. That really stress me out. That make me so worried. And I want to trust in you more. I want to believe in you more in those moments. But can you help me, God? And he will. He will do that for you guys. See, because Abraham waited for the hundred years, that made this a lot easier for him, guys. That made this test a lot easier. And some of you guys are going through something really hard tonight. Some of you don't know why that's happening. And God's going, I'm doing this to develop a trust in you. So when you go through other hard things in this world, you'll be able to trust in me fully. That you will be able to rely on me with everything that you have. And see, this was never the son that God wanted to be sacrificed. There was another son who would be sacrificed. And on him went the full payment of all of our sins. And so maybe a little bit of foreshadowing going here. That God the Father would not spare his son the pain for you and I. See, he saved Abraham from that. And the reason why you and I can trust God fully tonight is because he gave us Jesus Because one day all of these worries and fears will be wiped away and we will know God completely and in fullness of joy and life. That's the main reason why is because there was a son who was sacrificed for you and I. And because of that, we can have hope no matter what we're going through, that we can trust in God that he's gonna get us through anything. Because if he was willing to give you and I his son, what else would he hold back from us tonight? What else wouldn't he give us? That's something that we need to really dig in deep in tonight. Let's go to this next verse, verse 13. Abraham looked up in there in the thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Guys, in the middle of what? Whatever is stressing you out today, whatever is worrying, whatever is filling you with fear, if you trust in God, he will provide whatever it is that you need to go through that situation or get through it and not be riddled with anxiety or fear. If you will just call out to him and trust him in those moments, God will provide a way 
when there seems like there is no other way, God will come through. And maybe it will be in the last moment. Maybe it will be in the darkest moment. But God will come through for you. He has never failed and he will not start with you. I think about all the times in my life where I have been in really dark times and I was filled with worry and fear. I think about when my dad was really sick with cancer and they weren't sure if he was going to make it. I had so many what ifs running through my mind. I was filled with so much worry and fear. But one day I remember I, I shut the bathroom door and I went in there and I cried and I said, God, please do something. I don't know what to do. And I didn't even have any words in that moment. And God came and he provided a peace in that moment. And God answered that prayer. And you know what? The, the, that story, it's, it's really good. But you know what? There's other people that I love who God has taken away too. But he provided strength for me when those other people were taken away. And some of you guys, maybe you hear that story tonight of how my dad was healed from cancer and God got my family through that situation. And you say, but why, why wasn't my dad? Well, why, why didn't God come through for me? Well, he, well, here's what I know is that God's gonna provide for you in another way, in a strength to get through that, in a healing to get through that for your family, that he's gonna produce something good in that. But he will always provide whatever fear and worry you have. Give it to him, trust in him, lay it at his feet, and he will provide, just like he provided the sacrifice that day. And so it's so important that you guys know that when you go through these things, God's developing something in you. And there will always be a blessing on the other side of your trust. There will always be something on the other side of it. It's always worth it. God will come through. And so you guys need to know that whatever you're feeling tonight, whatever is making you so anxious, God cares about every detail of it. That he's not just concerned with who's going to be president or where the economy is going or what's going on in China today or just the big things God cares about every detail. Whether you are filled with worry about an exam that's coming up or something major that's happening in the world, God cares about them all the same today because he loves his children so deeply. And if he would give his son for your sake, what detail wouldn't he fully care about in your life? And so here's tonight's bottom line. What I want you guys to get is that worrying has never changed anything, but faith changes everything. Worry has never changed anything but faith changes everything. Hold on, hold on tonight. Believe God, trust in him in the middle of those fears and those worries that you're fighting through tonight. And your faith, your trust in God will change things eventually. May not happen on your time schedule, but God will come through for you eventually. He's not gonna fail you or let you down in any way. It's funny. Sometimes when I feel like I'm talking about something like this, God really lets me walk in the middle of it. He really lets me feel this to the full extent. This week, I just feel like the enemy has really been turning up fear and worry in my life in, in every way. Jess and I are in the middle of a really stressful process right now, buying a home and it's just money and just all these things that are just worrying us and stressing us out in so many ways. And I'm the kind of person where I start worrying about one thing and it's just like the floodgates open up. And you know, when I start to give in a little bit, the enemy just starts bringing everything. So I'm worrying about things from my past, things in my future, things in my present. And it's like four o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep. 
And so you know what? Instead of just sitting there, and, and I'm trying, and I'm, I'm fighting back, and I'm saying, all right, I know the right scriptures to say in this moment. I'm going to say them, and I'm going to trust. And you know what? I, I didn't feel any better. And maybe some of you guys are like that tonight, that you've done all the right things that you've heard from a pastor. You've gone through the checklist. Sometimes what you need to do in those moments, because that, that for me is my weakest moment. Well, when I am just sleeping or I'm laying in bed and I'm half awake, and you, you guys know what I'm talking about, when you're half awake, but you're, you're part sleeping and then just the enemy comes in and he whispers those lies. I, I had to get up. I got up and I just began to pace my living room. 4.30 in the morning, I am dead tired and I just began to cry out, God, I don't know what to do with these fears and these worries. My mind won't stop racing right now. I'm filled with so much fear and worry. I don't know how all this is gonna work out. I feel like that you're not gonna come through for me. And I was brutally honest with God. And I just began to just cry out. And I, tears began to just come down my face. And as I did, as I just laid them all at God's feet, after maybe about 45 minutes of crying out and walking and pacing and, and reading some scripture, I finally just felt a peace. Didn't hear anything. Didn't get a sign that everything's gonna work out or be, be perfect. But I just remembered that God's with me and he's brought me through so much stuff and he's not gonna fail now. And you know what? I was able to go back to sleep then. The moments, uh, the, the lies stopped racing through my head. And I was able to sleep. I had found that peace again. But I had to fight for it. See, sometimes the enemy knows that it's going to have to be a fight sometimes. And he's hoping that you won't fight. He's hoping that you won't push. Because God wants you to push. And he wants you to fight sometimes. And some of you guys have been losing the battle so much lately because you aren't fighting. You need to. And God will come through. It didn't come right away. I wanted it to happen in the first five minutes so I can go right back to bed. But I had to push through. And I have a peace. And you know what? I still don't have the answers to the questions that I have all these things that are running through my head. But I know that God's with me. And I know that my worry isn't gonna change anything. But my faith could change everything. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for everyone in this room tonight. And there are probably so many things that are going through their minds tonight. God, I don't know what their fears are. I don't know what their worries are, but you do. You know what the, what the enemy has been saying to them. God, you know what their own mind has been playing over and over for them, Lord, that has been robbing them of their joy in their life and their peace today, God. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would help them, Lord that you would help them to fight in those moments where it just seems so difficult, that they would call out to you, Jesus, that they would find strength and hope and life in you tonight, God, that you don't fail. And it may seem like you're gonna fail, but you never have once and you're not gonna start with them. You are faithful to all of your promises, God, and you are good and you are for them today. So what could be against them, God? What, what could be so scary if they just give it to you, God? I pray, God, just for the worries that are never gonna come true for some of us that are just robbing us, God, that you would just reveal them for what they are, just instruments to steal our, our joy and our peace, God. And I pray that you would break them down tonight, God, that worry would fall at our side tonight as we lift our eyes and our hands to you, Jesus, that you would give us a peace that passes all understanding, that our worry isn't gonna change anything. 
but just hurt us tonight, God. I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to us tonight, Jesus, as healer, as redeemer tonight, God, that our hope is safe in you tonight, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace. Pray, God, that we would find trust in you like never before, that it would be unshakable, just like Abraham's, Lord. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray.